0: portion of something that needs to now sit for a couple hours so this is perfect
1: awesome well and in fact the timing is good for me too because the thing that i was telling you was constricting my day today doesn't happen until this evening but um i think this would be a pretty good place for us to start we're my wife and i are going to a book reading slash signing of jose andres and mark bitman which is the cookbook for the world central kitchen uh charity organization thing so we're doing that for a couple hours tonight very
0: nice can, uh, can you can I give you a challenge or can you do something for me sure have him sign your cozy mystery instead <laughs> should I take it should I take it with me <laughs> these are the two These are, this is what I read <laughs> right right
1: <laughs> a million years ago at my very first job my boss realized that I had some sort of a natural talent and for some reason a desire to keep working in restaurants and he took me aside and he said Randall You could be really good at this, and you could go far if you could just learn to keep your mouth shut. If you're listening to this, you'll know I took part of that advice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In the Weeds with Ben Randall. I'm Ben Randall.
0: And I'm Stephen Cadwell.
1: And uh, I would like to refer you back to our previous episode if you don't know what we're talking about. I did start reading a cozy mystery called Spirits and Sourdough. Turns out I grabbed what is the 10th book in a loose series about murders that involve food and have like a supernatural paranormal aspect to them. Which means that I've given myself tons of homework to do because the characters in this book are referring to things that happened in previous books. (laughs) And I don't know how many of them I want to read, but we'll see.
0: That also happened when they read the uh, whatever. It was a Christmas River cozy mystery that they read on the podcast that I listened to. And uh, they referred to people and they're like, what? What is going on? And then they look back and like, oh, I guess this is like book five in a 15 book series or something like that. And that's, yeah.
1: So here's what's happening there's like 40 main characters. I can't tell them apart. And I guess <laughs> they've all been introduced and like fleshed out. I was looking for a word that I think means both of those things together, but I can't come up with it now, in the previous books. So had I read the other books, I'm sure I would know exactly who these people are. I have no idea. In fact, I only think the main character's name is Katie, but there are so many people (laughs) I don't really know. Not to say the book is written badly, there's just homework I didn't do. And I criticize people for this, right, Steve? Did you watch the Ahsoka series, the most recent Star Wars thing on Disney Plus? No. Okay, well, fine. The main criticism of this show is that people don't get it. To which I say, you're outing yourself as being a fucking casual. I like that you don't get it. I like that (laughs) after years of people being like, oh, you watch the Star Wars cartoons, what are you, 12? Fuck you. I know what's going on in the Ahsoka show and you don't. You should have been doing the homework, right? You should have been doing the reading before class. And if you don't know what's going on in Ahsoka, guess what? That's your fault. That's absolutely your fault. You know who's really enjoying that show? Me, and like six other people, including the people who made it. So I'm that guy for this book here. Katie and her coterie of weirdos, right, whose names I'm sure I'm getting wrong when I try to put names to faces in these books. I have no idea who they are, and I would if I had actually done the homework.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but do you feel that you should have needed to read the nine other books to be able to understand what's going on in the 10th book
1: i would say no but only because it wasn't indicated anywhere on the cover that this is part of a series because it's really not it's just it's it's not it's not a series in as much as things lead to other things it's just the same universe i guess but still they're talking about stuff that i don't know yeah. <laughs> that I should know or that I would know if I had read these books. Well, Let me get to the end of it. I'm like 40 pages in. So let me get to the end and discover if I want to read the other ones. Because it's also real fast. It's going yeah, yeah. real fast. So if I can get to a point where I say to myself, well, hey, maybe I will read the other 10 books. <laughs> then I'll know everything about Katie and all of the other ladies in this book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean the idea of a cozy is that you're supposed to like curl up uh, under a blanket, you know, in front of a fire or whatever um and you know get real comfortable and then it's just supposed to be, you know, nothing nothing terribly deep, it's just a yeah. you know little very when you said uh murder she wrote that's that's pretty much the archetypal yeah, that that
1: so far the food in the book is not only not just added for window dressing, but it's like It's appropriate, it's well done, because this lady owns a bakery, so it's like any of these Hallmark movies where the young professional who moved out of her small town in the Midwest to move to New York to become an ad agent or a lawyer or whatever, falls on hard times and has to come back home and take over the family bakery. It's very much that sort of a thing. Katie runs this bakery, but the food in it doesn't sound, like it sounds like the person who's writing, uh, Blair something. Uh, knows what she is talking about in relation to this food it's not just like food words like this this is this is appropriate food usage
0: you only think the author's name is blair because the main character
1: is a witch correct i actually do (laughs) not know who the author is i'm gonna have to look it up now (laughs) i think i sent you a copy or a a picture of the cover you did you did bailey Bailey Cates. I was close. You were close. Closer than I thought. Yeah. Uh, Well, I also went to Half Price Books, and this is of... Because, oh man, I did not have to ask. Hey, can you direct me toward the Cozy Mysteries? It was 45% of the store. Was this... Oh man, there are a lot of... Novels? Question mark that are like 175 pages that uh, take up a lot of real estate at half price. That's why
0: I'm saying we need to get in on this. We can (laughs) whip them out. There's a huge audience for this stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's get some of that gold that's fallen from the sky.
1: So let me read the two that I have, because I also bought one called Pepperoni Pizza and Murder, um, (laughs) which is written by somebody else. And I want to see, you know, uh, compare and contrast, see what the similarities are, what the differences are. Uh, But I bet you I I bet you you're right. I bet there's a math to it where we can just map out what has to happen in one of these books and just plug words. in, (laughs) Be like a Mad Libs.
0: Most of them as well, and I would need to look at the ones that you... Oh, no, we already looked, right? One is Penguin and the other is something else, but the majority of these online are self-published, and it's just like, you know, however long people stay on pages or how many pages they get through on their Kindle is, you know, the the number of pennies you get
1: or whatever, so... I had a thought about this. What if we open up our own publishing house in the words publishing? (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And we could publish only... Food related stuff like so we could get we could could have a a zine we could have you know these food murder mystery cozy mystery things we could have I don't want to do cookbooks but I do want to talk about cookbooks for a second but just like that sort of thing like if somebody were to 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 do a memoir a la um Under the Tuscan Sun they could come to In the Words and we could publish it
0: yeah Documentary or nonfiction books about uh, food related yeah. things.
1: Putting the pub in publishing.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. It writes I love itself. It. it writes itself. All of these are better than any of the. Well, I guess, like I said, the- <laughs> she wasn't trying to be punny with her titles for the uh, um, uh, spice and sourdough or whatever. It was just alliteration. Yeah. Although the one got a little too close for it to be good for either, I think, which was. Uh, um, Oh, it wasn't some like it. The eclair one was almost like a, you borderline on an idiom, but you went way, way off, uh, veered off there at the end.
1: Some enchanted eclair.
0: Yeah, because it's some enchanted evening. Yes. Is the thing. So eclair and evening, no
1: similarities. Yeah. Brownies and broomsticks, that's pretty funny though. And that's the first one. So uh, yeah, wow. We'll see.
0: Yeah, see, and what I envision, now that this, this is a witch, but I'm envisioning this is like it's someone back of house that is the the Poirot or whatever, the, yeah. the character that solves the mystery is someone who works back of the house. And um this this was another thought I had. I don't know if I said this the other day. We could do it where they're working their way up through, so you'll know what book you're in based on their position. But oh, okay. we'll put them we'll put them in your first restaurant Oh, nice! And we'll have a murder or whatever there, and we can work through
1: all of the places you've worked. So we've got 21 books to write? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I had a thought that, I I don't know, it was just sort of tossing stuff around in my head, but you've got to have a Poirot, you have to have a lead investigator, you have to have a main character kind of a person, right? Uh, In my head, it was, for some reason... That there was a murder at a restaurant and it turned out that the investigating officer referred this case to the parole officer that was the P.O. for two of the cooks. Just sort of <laughs> coincidentally. And then that person turned like sort of became this person who specialized in investigating restaurant murders because he was a P.O. for so many cooks. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a separate series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there are a few angles I think back of house kind of angles that that, that uh, would definitely work. And um, with your witch uh, witch book, um, when I was re- oh Kayla found a uh, review that was just mentioning all of the people. And it's like, so-and-so makes an appearance and they're the same as always. And we were just laughing at yeah. how, like, because they went through all these people that I imagine are the ones that you have no idea what's going on. And this person did because they've evidently read them all. But just with the supernatural aspect, I was like, oh, Tyromancy could
1: definitely play a role. Yes. In yeah. in one of these. So, yeah, just, you know. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I, I mean, so if we start working now and sort of sketching stuff out now, when I have time over the summer, yeah, we could bang out a couple of these.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because they aren't long. Yeah, so I'll have to. We'll have to figure out a word count, but um, yeah. Uh, I I figure I feel we could knock some out for sure, and then we figure out who who represents uh, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> right. And maybe we can uh, do it even legit. Get a le- get a legit publisher, and if not, hey, self publishing. A lot of the
1: people other like. thing is having gone to the and Arts Academy for high school. I can guarantee you, I know a dozen. Agents and at least one publisher. I don't know them yeah. off the top of my head, but I could find out. Yeah, no question, I know those people. I, I m- maybe they don't want to be associated with me, but I would know who they are.
0: Yeah, <laughs> write them in if they don't want anything. to for do sure, with you. For sure, for oh, sure. Yeah, you know, you know, who dies in the next book, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, in you, so you're gonna go see. Uh, this, the book is nothing to do with cozy mysteries. Right.
1: Right. No, I don't know a ton about this. So my wife donates to World Central Kitchen. We were invited to a dinner a while back, which was a ton of fun. I believe we talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. And we met some folks and it was cool. It was a, a, a donor appreciation event kind of thing. It was very cool. This is different in as much as this is kind of a big deal. This is, uh, it's at the uh, United Methodist Church downtown, like right downtown. Oh, and yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a big deal book signing whole thing. So I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I don't think it's, I think we were given like advanced ticket purchases because we're donors, but I think this is like an open to the public, free for all kind of a thing. So we shall see. It ought to be fun. Nice, cool. Especially because I dyed my hair today, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to give us an update to then afterward, yeah. after the fact.
1: Yep. So I'll have a ton more information next time. But uh, the other thing that's happening is that tomorrow morning I'm going to be interviewing a winemaker out of California who is launching a series of zero-proof wines. And so uh, I don't know which of these two episodes will come up first because that one is likely to be shorter than this one, so it may be easier to edit for me. Yeah. Who okay. knows? So have they not launched yet? I believe the launch was supposed to be in October, but I don't know that for sure. I will need to do that sort of research before I actually sit down with these folks.
0: Okay. So when you... And this is the one you sent me, right? Yeah. So when you first sent it to me, what I thought it was was uh, a winery that um, aged their wine on the bottom of the sea. (laughs) I was worried about that same thing. That's why I Googled it
1: first. I needed to make sure that it wasn't somebody that we had roasted in the past.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we didn't... Yeah, I guess we did. Well, we roasted the people that got fined, but, yeah. and then the idea of doing this. But, um, no, I mean, maybe they do both. <laughs> maybe it's non-alcoholic and it is aged
1: on the bottom of the sea. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see that anywhere in their marketing, and uh, that that seems to be primarily a marketing thing anyway. Yeah. You would lean on that if you were going to all the expense of dunking your wines into the ocean for a year.
0: Yeah, for sure. You'd You'd highlight it.
1: Yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, either you've heard this already, this interview that I'm going to do tomorrow, or you will hear it next after this episode. So, either you're welcome or look forward to that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm very curious, and these questions will either be answered or not, but uh, I do think it's interesting that it's alcohol-removed wine and not non-alcoholic wine, Um which I presume would be different if you're just making non-alcoholic wine, which would be grape juice.
1: Yes. Well, and that's a question I'm going to have for them because there are changes that happen to the liquid when you are fermenting it, right? When you are producing alcohol in a beer or a whiskey or any sort of a spirit or a wine or whatever, it changes the liquid itself. And then there's a process by which you can remove the alcohol from it. But from what I understand, it retains the essence of the wine. As opposed to like what you were just saying, having a non-alcoholic wine substitute kind of thing, some of which I've had, and they are without question all terrible. (laughs) And so, like, I'm not so far gone that I'm going to drink something out of a wine bottle just to feel something, even if it tastes like garbage, right? So that's a question that I'm going to have for them, which is like, what is the difference between... Like a non-alcoholic wine and a de-alcoholized one, because I simply don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to try to take. It's not going to be like a gotcha interview. I just. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. But yeah. at least as far as their marketing materials go, they're saying that it. Like you cannot tell the difference between this and a, a wine one. And I think that probably has to do with the. Um, the de-alcoholization process. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough word. It um, is a very difficult word to say.
0: I think their logo is on point. I, I like it. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that'll be lo- that'll, something to look forward to. Yeah. Or something to ha- have enjoyed, <laughs> <laughs> depending on the order of things.
1: Yeah. I would like to derail us very briefly, Steve, because I had an experience today that Ooh. I'm not a huge fan of. And I just... Because we're coming up to um, holiday baking season, right? Yes. And... I want to, you know, not, we're not going to do holiday baking today. Uh, We're not going to talk about the kind of things we're going to be baking. However, you've gotten recipes off the internet. I've gotten recipes off the internet. You've had them go great or badly, and I've had them go great or badly, right? So, my daughter, I'm doing my best with her. So, I guess this is a cautionary tale more than anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get ready to do your holiday baking, the rule of thumb is don't make something for the first time in front of company, right? (laughs) So, my daughter bought a book at her school book fair. The book is called, and this is why I wasn't expecting greatness out of it, My Pokemon Cookbook. Delicious recipes inspired by Pikachu and friends. Fine. This is what my daughter wanted. She's 11. She's very into baking. Written by Victoria Rosenthal. I'm putting written in per, in in quotes because uh, you know. So my daughter wanted to make this uh, babka. bobka. You familiar with bobka, Steve? Um remind me. So bobka is the dough for it is a like a brioche, it's like a challah, it's like a uh, any of these rich sweetbreads right so it's a it's a straight dough that's got yeast it's got flour it's got milk it's got also butter eggs and sugar in it okay so you make that you let it rise you divide it into six pieces for this particular recipe and you roll them out into rectangles and you fill it with this chocolate and almond butter filling roll it up as it's a a a cylinder you cut it all the way down to the cutting board but not all the way to the end of the roll and then you sort of twist it so that the filling is exposed a little bit and then you bake it as like, and you turn it around a little bit so it's like a bun and then you bake it, right? Babka can be phenomenal. It really can. This one is not. And on this show, like, you've heard me say this before that like, I don't talk trash, right? Like, unless somebody like wildly deserves it. We're going to be talking about Mario fucking Batali later on in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't like something, you're just not going to hear me talk about it. Well, this this is a warning. This is a legit warning. If any of you have bought this book, be very careful. So the first thing that happened is my daughter was reading the ingredients to me, and I'm trying to be a good example to her. I'm trying to make her understand that measuring when you're baking is extremely important. And she goes, why is the yeast a half a tablespoon? And I went, oh, no. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, red flag number one. If anything in your recipe is ever measured out as half of a tablespoon, it means this is not the original recipe. It means that the original recipe was twice what you're making or four times what you were making, and it's been decreased to fit a home baking needs, right? Why is that a bummer? A lot of things in baking can't just be cut in half, right? So, like, if a recipe needs an egg... And you cut the recipe in half and you go, ah, just keep an egg. That's way too much, right? (laughs) So that's the first problem. If you notice, half a tablespoon as a measurement automatically distrust the recipe. Just be really careful. Now, again, I'm teaching my daughter to measure. I'm trying to make sure that she's fastidious about this and whatever. The filling called for two teaspoons of salt. And I looked at that and I was like, that's way too much salt. But it's printed in this book that probably wasn't self-published. And uh, I thought... It seems like way too much salt, but we're following the recipe, and we're going to do what we're going to do. It was way too much salt. My supposition here is that the original batch, what's essentially a double of what we made, took two teaspoons of salt. And they forgot to decrease it. Right? So I've done two things now that I never do. One of which is I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, first off, I'm just going to say don't buy this book. My Pokemon Cookbook by Victoria Rosenthal. Secondly, if you already have it, I'm going to say... Be real careful with it and trust your gut. So when your gut says, wow, that's way too much salt, it probably is way too much salt. (laughs) The second thing I'm going to say is that if you notice that half tablespoon measure, uh, look at everything. Because what likely happened is that as they were going through and decreasing the amounts, they missed that they did not decrease that salt. Because one teaspoon would have been fine. I actually made notes in the recipe, which is the second thing I never do. I cut it down to a half a teaspoon because it just does not need that much salt because you're putting almond butter in it as well, which generally as a product is already salted. So I, I increase the sugar in the filling, I decrease the salt by one and a half teaspoons. And uh, I made some other notes in there as well. It requires you to make a sugar syrup, which is a third of a cup of sugar and three tablespoons of water. You're supposed to bring it to a boil and then simmer it for 10 minutes. There is no chance you're simmering that for 10 minutes. I changed it to one minute. And even then, one minute was so much that it didn't make a glaze. It made like a, uh, almost like a candy on top. It was so (laughs) crunchy. So I guess that's my concern for everybody out there. If you have a book that was written in like 1985 by clearly someone's grandma, you're fine. If you're getting a book now and the measurements look a little off, be as cautious as your gut tells you to be. You're probably right that two teaspoons of salt for that filling is too much. And then your daughter's going to look at you like you're nuts and you're going to go, look. We're going to make notes in this recipe. We'll make it again. It'll be fine when we make it again. When I take my actual culinary experience and apply it to the copy-paste job that this lady did from the internet, did it badly. Yeah. The babka we make next time is going to be fucking great. This one, it tells you everything you need to know that we have chocolate twist bread in the house and only one of them has been eaten. And it's (laughs) been there all day. So, yeah.
0: Well, you have cho- You had chocolate twist bread, now you have salty twist bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have pretzels, you have chocolate pretzels.
1: <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming into holiday baking season. Just be real careful where you get your information from. Maybe it is worthwhile to read the entire 700 word uh, thing about somebody's grandma in Sicily being you know, forcibly removed from her home and moving to Manhattan. And this is where this recipe comes from. And it reminds me of Clementine's in the spring or whatever before you, before you get to the recipe for chocolate milk.
0: (laughs) And that that calls for two cups of milk, one cup of salt. Wait, (laughs) should not there be chocolate in this? No. Um, that reminds me uh, – I want to talk about a, a semi-fail that Kayla and I had. But uh, before that, um, not this episode because it will take too long. But I want to go through um, the uh, Eat What You Watch or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm. it's fascinating what they chose. So I'm just curious. I want to go over the movies and see what you would have chosen to represent the movie and see ah, if they jive sure. with the book. Because that was uh, – that. that's one of the fascinating things about that book. Um, but Kayla and I um, – we were trying to figure out some, a uh, pie to make with coffee syrup. So we, what did we, oh, we made, we made a pecan pie with coffee syrup. Nice. Instead of the corn syrup or whatever it yeah. calls for. Um, and it was, it was very pleasant, but it's still, you know, it's still a pecan pie. So I'm fine with pecan pie, but pecan pies are very sweet. Yeah. Um, so, uh. Um, If you don't like pecan pie, you wouldn't like that. So the next one we tried is we – it's basically a Hershey's Sunday pie, which you can get at Ben's favorite place, Burger King. (laughs) Um, But also you can get them in the freezer section of your grocery store most likely. Uh, So it's basically that. I believe it is actually from Hershey's, this recipe. But it was also made to be very – user friendly maybe sure and so it was the same thing I mean not the same thing because I don't have years of culinary experience I just have uh you uh (laughs) whispering in my ear when I'm reading this because it Kayla's like oh it calls for the microwave so we did the microwave like it suggested with which was uh well the other thing was weird so okay cornstarch egg yolk um Hershey syrup is I think pretty much the right so we did half Hershey syrup half coffee syrup oh nice Instead. And if we do it again, what's going to be, I think, um, a quarter uh, chocolate syrup, three quarters coffee syrup because the Hershey's is just kind of overpowering. You can you can tell the coffee's there, but the uh, Hershey's is still a little overpowering. However, um, it, it I was initially just working my butt off trying to get the egg slash cornstarch mixture because it was like mix the Oh, just egg yolk, mix the yeah. egg yolk and cornstarch. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do that, but I'll try. Um, and it turned into this orange paste. Yeah. Um, which then would not dissolve in milk. That's the other thing: milk and Hershey syrup, and ah. coffee syrup. I just couldn't. So I was, I had a strainer's out, and I was p- pushing it through a strainer. I was squishing it with my fingers. Finally, got it to a point. Where I was like, well, this is as good as it's gonna get. Skimmed off, you know, the poured it through a strainer so that all the little chunks of what would have been a weird scrambled egg uh, weren't in there. But then it was microwave this for like up to eight minutes, two minutes at a time and stir until it gets thick. And to their credit, it did start to get thick, but it did not set up then after that. And oh. so if we do it again, it's going to be on the stove. And yeah. we're going to, um, cornstarch needs to be at temperature for a little while, right? Not just bring to whatever degrees.
1: Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it'll, it'll activate. So the starch gelatinizes it. <sighs> It's like 185 degrees or something, but yeah, you, not every part of that liquid is going to be at the same temperature at the same time. So yeah, just getting it to 185 doesn't quite do it.
0: And yeah, I think we maybe got half of it to 185. Yeah. <laughs> so, it we what we made, it wasn't uh it wasn't the liquid it was, but we made a, a chocolate coffee pudding in a pie shell. <laughs> um it, I mean it was loose it was like it was pudding yeah. thickness. So it was a little runny and we froze it and that's fine, but uh, if we do it again, we'll change it.
1: What I would do is next time your uh egg yolk and uh, cornstarch mixture, I would add maybe a quarter cup of milk to it and get that mixed and then mix that into the rest of everything else.
0: It was a decent amount of cornstarch. And I know like when you're doing a gravy or whatever you want or a roux, you want to do the, well, that's flour. But um, when you do add cornstarch and stuff, you dissolve it in the water first, right? Yeah. Before you pour it in. Yep. Uh, I, um, so this was like, a, it's like a quarter cup or a half cup of cornstarch. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but we'll have to do that. Because just like one egg yolk and all that cornstarch, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a lot. But, yeah, that was that was that was internet though, not out of the Pokemon
1: cookbook. Right, and you know, so that's the thing that gets me. So my daughter wants to do other things out of this cookbook, and I'm like, ooh, we're gonna have to be careful. We're gonna have to be very careful because, like, she was disappointed. She she was she handled it really well for being 11. She didn't freak out. But I asked her. I was like, how was it? And she goes, it's pretty salty, right? But she ate the whole thing, and I hope that she's okay, you know. But like, she was definitely disappointed. And that's not what I want to get out of this experience for her, you know? <laughs> like, she yeah. bought... It's supposed to be... Like, at that age, you're going to school. The things you're learning, you're learning out of books. You're supposed to think of a book as being a, an authority. Especially because she bought that book at her school's book fair. Like, yeah. The fact that the book let both of us down bums me out. And it also bums me out that I, I, I saw it. I was like, two teaspoons of salt, man. I should have, at that point, said to my daughter... We can add more salt later. Let's put in a quarter of this amount and see how it is, and if we need to add the rest of the salt, we will. I should have said that at that point, and I didn't do it.
0: I think I think well, you're you're on guard now, which is good. And I think the other good thing is that if your hypothesis is correct, and it sounds very feasible to me, that this was like a I'm gonna Google some recipes and cut and paste um, that. Uh, There will be some that were able to be cut and paste without modification, so hopefully they will be fine. So,
1: Well, and um, we'll look for those telltale signs. We'll look for, I guess that's another one, ladies and gentlemen, to look for. If there are things in the ingredients list that either don't show up in the directions, or there are things in the directions that don't show up in the ingredients list, again, that's bad copy-paste. It happens. However, if you are selling yourself as being an authority and you're writing an actual book about cooking a thing, that shouldn't happen. Right. Yeah, so that's another one that we'll we'll definitely look for.
0: Things you'll need for this recipe: three
1: kittens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you never did anything with the kittens.
1: Yeah, and it's—I mean, I hate to go back to your Instagram donut thing, but like this book has gorgeous pictures in it, and I'm looking at these pictures like you didn't make that out of this recipe. No way. Like I look at the picture and read the recipe, I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) that's that is not. These two things do not go together.
0: Well, was the babka supposed to look like a Pokemon or what's the Pokemon? It's in? named
1: after some Pokemon thing, but I don't, I don't know Pokemon well enough to know. Like it doesn't resemble it. It's supposed to just be like, cause some of them are Pokemon are fairly easy to make into food. Cause they're like primary colors and they tend to be kind of round and whatever. But this one was just like, here's this Pokemon. He likes Bobka. Like, all right. Was the Pokemon Saltzoid? <laughs> it's a good question. I'll have to look again. I don't know. <laughs> In which
0: case, it may, you may have done it perfectly. It may have been exactly what yeah, was intended. there you go. I, yeah,
1: I I didn't realize I was making savory babka, which I have made before, but it's usually garlic bread. Yeah. Nice. Man. So, yeah, it's it's a minefield out there. Yeah. Indeed. I would like to transfer directly to... Did you read this thing that I sent you from Simply Recipes called Absolutely Do Not Try This Viral TikTok Dishwasher Hack? Yes, I did. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I am 45 years old. I am far too old for TikTok. So I don't know about any of this viral TikTok anything at all. So whenever I hear viral TikTok hack, I always assume it's wrong in some fashion. And it turns out in this case it is. So... I Had you heard about this? Because I had not. I didn't know it was
0: a viral thing. My mom does it, but that's because the, the door broke uh, The that releases the thing.
1: Yeah, so it, what what this hack says is that, it hack, quote unquote hack, it's not really a hack, it's just the wrong way to use your dishwasher. <laughs> if the little detergent pod holder thing is not broken like Steve's mom's is, you put the detergent pod pack thing into the little garage that it goes in and you click it shut and then during the wash cycle it opens up and that thing flies out into the dishwasher and releases all the detergent so it can clean your dishes right so apparently there was someone who like your mom had their door was broken and so they were just chucking the packet into the bottom or like the little um silverware thing and uh that fixed it for them right And I don't know why it, because whenever you say hack, it's always like, here's how to get something that you was previously being held back from you. Yeah. If you turn the dishwasher on and later on the dishes are clean, everybody wins, right? Like, I don't see why you need to then re-engineer that experience. But so what people were saying is that you shouldn't be using that little garage door thing at all. Which is dumb because, and this is, so again, this is another, we're doing a lot of cautionary tales here today, Steve. <laughs> what happens, and I, I, I guess I had to learn this and now this is information that lives in my head. When you turn your dishwasher on, one of the first things that happens is it runs like a rinse cycle to just kind of spray your dishes down. And then the dishwasher, 86 is all of that water because it's got all junk in it, right? Then it starts the wash cycle and that's why there's that little holder for the soap because then it ejects the soap in there. So if you put the soap in where it's going to be encountering that uh, rinse cycle first, then it's going to get flushed away with all of the nast and then you're just going to have dishes that are washed in just like water with no detergent whatsoever. So if you're on TikTok cuz you're younger than me and if you think this is a cool hack for some reason to make your dishwashing experience more complicated, you're also not getting clean dishes.
0: <laughs> yeah, not as clean as they would be for sure. Yeah. Um and and the what the, the, the one dishwasher guy said it's it like 85% of it's washed away. Yeah. So I guess if you throw in six, <laughs> I don't know, what's the math there? I don't know. Yeah. Uh then you know then then you'll have a reasonable amount of uh dishwashing liquid i also love the snark the perceived snark on my end cuz it's not actually written in there behind the people like but not all it doesn't all come out of the uh you know what what does he say to the people that say that the it doesn't all get rinsed out of the um container or the you know the little garage yeah. in your uh parlance um or you know it, the it, the sticky goop left in there, and the response is uh, load your dishwasher properly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and use dry fingers to put it in there uh, because it will like like um, ours the ones that we have are are squishy like uh, like some of the ones that go in for laundry. Yeah. So yeah, if you have wet fingers, they'll it'll start to dissolve that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I've also put a dish in the wrong place, and it's prevented the jet of water from squirting that thing. Yep. Um, but I knew that's what happened when I opened the dishwasher, because uh, it had never done that before, and I'd never put a plate there before. But
1: We, um, you know, we did not have a dishwasher for 11 years, living in the previous garbage house. And now that we're in this house <laughs> that has a dishwasher in it, we had to teach our kids how to load a dishwasher, and... Uh, we still get cases where instances where the kids will be overly aggressive and they'll put stuff in there that will actually stop the jets from like the jet arms from like turning. So you'll, yeah. you'll open it up and find out that half the dishes are clean and the other half have like now baked and or steamed on junk. That's never <laughs> going to come off. And now it's just part of your dish. So that's an ongoing like series of trainings, but you're right. The the dishwasher expert they spoke to, his whole, uh, like, all of his responses were like, do you people seriously not know how to use dishwashers? The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Steve, we live in a country where when you and I were in middle school and high school, there was still home ec. Home ec is probably the wrong name for what we learned in those classes because it wasn't home economics. It was just, like, home management. We learned yeah. basic recipe following. We learned how to load a dishwasher how to do regular laundry right we learned some basic like how to sew a button back on shit that would be real handy after a zombie apocalypse kind of thing right Homec doesn't exist anymore same as like shop class doesn't and i feel like we're holding ourselves back by not having this sort of basic knowledge of what to do to live your life <laughs> you know yeah. once again mitochondria powerhouse of the cell <laughs> uh, until i bought a house i didn't really know how mortgages worked and when i learned i did not like it
0: yeah yeah well yeah they didn't teach us that nope they're holding holding back the the uh i was gonna say good stuff but it's the opposite of that
1: hey ninth grade math like um would have been cool to know how compound interest works as opposed to like the pythagorean theorem which i'm not an architect so i don't give a fuck Right. But uh, how my credit card affects me. Yeah. Way important. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And it's a shame that we have to rely on TikTok to teach us this information now.
1: uh, Agreed. You know what? Okay, let me just say that math teachers out there get a TikTok account. Start teaching people about compounded interest and why mortgages suck. (laughs) You want a new housing crisis? It'll be that everybody who's on TikTok stops buying houses and all the landlords go out of business and have to have a bake sale.
0: And it's all salty babka.
1: Yeah, exactly. Also, landlord, not a real job. <laughs> all right. Where do you want to go after that, Steve? I'm feeling kind of grumpy today, I guess.
0: Okay, well, let's grump on this then because, oh, and then we can go there. I um, I do want to mention the Twix Papa Bites. At, yeah, please do. At Papa John's. It, this just came in a flyer we got in the mail, and I looked at it, and I went, oh, <laughs> and then sent a picture to Ben and he sent back "ew," which was, um, oh, I sent. Yeah. It evidently never got delivered. Um, yeah, it was, uh, they look horrific. They don't look appetizing. I mean, it's the worst thing to come out of Papa John's since John Schnatter opened his mouth. It's, right. uh, at least it, it doesn't look appetizing in the least. It comes it's, with it's caramel
1: the, sauce to dip it in. It's the food version of all of his racial epithets from that one staff meeting.
0: Yeah. It's like, I feel like this was created when um, someone working at Papa John's while eating a Twix um, in, you know, the least sanitary chocolate all over their fingers was like pushing out some dough and the Twix fell from their mouth into the dough and they yeah. just kept going. And they were like, hey, let's do this. Um, but I, maybe they're delicious. I will never know.
1: <laughs> so their marketing material here says you're in for a treat. Introducing new Twix. Registered trademark Papa Bites, the perfect combo of our pillowy, fresh dough, and bits of Twix cookie bars rolled into one. Get eight shareable bites. I will need to see data on what makes them shareable. Served with a caramel <laughs> dipping sauce. Um, you're absolutely right. This is extremely high food that someone regrets the next morning. Yeah. Is this Papa John's by any chance right next to a dispensary? <laughs> It is probably in miles. Yes. <laughs>
0: oh, even the even the better picture on the internet does not make them look better. They look they look like they should be like a pizza uh, pizza roll or something.
1: Ugh. so when I was at Fancy Burger Place, this is apropos of this time of year, we had it just ended up being that Halloween was on like the worst possible day. It was like a Saturday. And so whenever that happens at a bar or restaurant, It means that Halloween really starts on, like, Thursday and goes through, like, Tuesday, right? Weirdos in costumes coming in at all hours to just be insane. However, the owners decided that we would have candy on the bar, you know, the whole time, which was fine. We didn't really mind that too much. And so we had all of these little candy things around. We had deep-fried cheese curds on that menu, and for all that the owners of that place are a couple of hot garbage bags, we had a really, really, really good... Beer batter. And so we started taking all of those individual candies and deep frying them in that batter. And we found out right away that, like, um, you can do clusters of M&Ms deep fried in beer batter and they're really good. Uh, <laughs> white chocolate Kit Kats just completely dissolved. You would have, like, you would not even know what was inside of the uh, beer batter itself. Twixes, lava hot, right? Like a, Like a hot pocket on the inside. Those were no good to eat uh butterfingers same thing whatever the interior of a butterfinger is which i still to this day don't really know what that material is lava hot gooey sticky whatever it's like napalm um one of them was really good cookies and cream hershey's i think was really good it's like a white chocolate with like oreos in it sort of thing yeah yeah. i think that one was really good snickers completely fell apart but we did all of them that's what this looks like it looks like somebody at papa john's was just high as hell and was rolling extra dough around candy bars until they found one that they could market
0: um i'm gonna send you this is it's stolen from mashed but it's via yahoo lifestyle because they're like we tried them and uh i just skimmed and it says that they recommend them but i just want you to look at the picture of the actual thing versus what we um saw in the ad or
1: on the internet uh-oh is somebody gonna have to sue papa johns for their uh, their actual yeah. thing being ugly
0: texas texas pete needs to call his lawyer because um that <laughs> wow <laughs> it looks like it's a recipe from your pokemon cookbook
1: like the one right in the middle looks legitimately like super burned
0: yeah and and it looks like egg and yeah. uh, uh uh I mean, this. I, don't I even didn't know what think, I'm looking at. I didn't think the professional picture looked appetizing. Right. These look even. These look like the professional. They, they took the ones that were photographed professionally and then, like, ran them over and flushed them down the toilet and then uh dried them out and took another picture.
1: I love this quote You got eight egg rolls per order, meaning they cost you about 62 cents per Papa bite. The thing is, we aren't actually sure we'd want to pay any more than that for these. <laughs> uh no you're absolutely right like these look the the, uh, the the real life picture looks worse than the already kind of gross marketing picture
0: yes if they took a real life picture no one would be buying these and Not even the chance. plate even the plate they tried to do like uh, a linea there at the bottom with with the papa bite yeah it looks like a mistake
1: <laughs> that one also looks burned
0: yes and they're cr- the crisp cookie pieces seem to be scattered sporadically through the rolls. Yeah.
1: Certain things don't need to be done, right? So, like, we've talked about this before. Dessert spaghetti. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right? Even, even dessert pizza, I would argue, same thing. Except for if it is just, like quote pizza right so if it's like a giant sugar cookie and you've got you know kiwis and stuff on it and it's frosting instead of sauce fine that's more of a novelty kind of thing but if you're like i'm going to take pizza dough and make a dessert no gracias right yeah. so certain things just don't need to happen so like Twixes, i'm not a huge fan of those anyway pizza i quite enjoy pizza there's no reason to smush those things together right. no reason at all i mean do they just have a glut of dough at papa john's right now they're like what are we gonna do with all this extra
0: dough <laughs> and so they're trying to create things because well no the, the the answer is that's what they get shipped to them it's easy to ship more dough we'll just yeah. make something with this um but uh yeah i agree i and most dessert pizzas that you get are is what it's just cherry pie filling on a pizza dough yeah and they're like okay so you half asked a pie and you half asked a pizza
1: <laughs> yeah great Between the two, we
0: have a whole ass here on the plate.
1: Meanwhile, like some of us, yeah, I'm going to get a little braggy here. My daughter and I bought a pie pumpkin at the farmer's market last weekend. I roasted it, scooped out the stuff on the inside, pureed it, made my own pumpkin pie, uh, my, my own pumpkin puree. Today, I made pie crust. I candied some walnuts. I ground them up. I put them in the bottom of the pie crust. I made a pie filling out of that pie pumpkin that I had roasted last weekend and I made a pumpkin pie and I put more crumbled up uh, candied um, walnuts on top of that and it looks great. I'm not even going to be here for dinner tonight because my wife and I are going to be at this book signing thing. I made a whole ass pumpkin pie, right? Did I take leftover pizza dough and wrap it around a Twix? No. (laughs) the hell? There's actual work being done out there, ladies and gentlemen. Come on.
0: I also loved in the articles, like, they don't really taste like Twix. <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell, Papa John's? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you eat with your eyes first, and my eyes have been <laughs> vomiting um, since they saw this. My um, eyes said, you
1: know, we're not that hungry, actually. 62 yeah. <laughs> cents? No, no,
0: We're going to keep that for something else. Yeah, well, I'd rather eat the 62 cents.
1: Yeah, wow. I also think it's funny they were calling them egg rolls, but, uh, you know what? So... Uh, question for you legitimate question for you steve yes you're ordering pizza when you look at a pizza menu you see pizza you see salads you see breadstick garlic bread kind of stuff maybe you see mozzarella sticks uh you see soda what sort of a dessert do you think would be appropriate to have on a pizza menu we're already discounting dessert pizza right
0: right um I don't know about appropriate but the two that we will get well first of all I actually rather enjoyed the cinnapie that Papa John's used to have I don't know what that is I don't believe I've ever had it It was again just with the pizza dough but instead of anything else and they called it a Cine pie instead of a dessert pizza or whatever but it was um basically it was uh it was a lot of oats but c- um cinnamon and sugar okay um and uh then a drizzle of um the icing so it was it, it was a good um, breakfast kind of a thing. Mm. And then they stopped making it whatever. It's surely not to make more healthy things because these can't be healthier than the centipi <laughs> unless there was just a hell of a lot more sugar in that than I realized, which could be. Um, uh, that used pizza dough. I don't know about appropriate. Um, like why would you have oats in a pizza place um, unless you're making an oat crust? Is that a thing that would be good? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Unless you're a horse. Yeah. Um. But the Ooh, ones that we will pizza. get otherwise uh, is, uh, I think it's Pizza Hut does
1: the cookie. Yeah, like a, a bit, like a giant deep dish chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Yes, which is good. And then
0: one of them, I don't know if they still do, but somebody used to do a brookie. Okay. Which would, a brownie, brownie cookie, uh, very similarly, but I think it was uh, square. So those we... We have enjoyed in the past. Um, But again, I don't know if that's necessarily appropriate for a pizza place. Um, I don't... I think you can make decent cinnamon rolls with pizza dough. Probably. I don't consider cinnamon roll like a dessert, though. No. It's like a a midday thing or like a breakfast thing. It's not a, I'm going to eat this after my meal kind of a thing.
1: So... What I have traditionally seen is, like you said, giant chocolate chip cookie, brownie. Those seem to be the ones that are like, this is what we offer. I would argue, if you're a pizza place, don't offer a dessert at all. Why bother? It's not stuff you have in-house. There's no reason for you to have it besides that. If you look at the salad offerings on any pizza menu, all of the toppings for all those salads are also on the pizzas. The only difference is the lettuce why bother well they don't want to leave any money on the table i mean i get that but like me maybe i'm a different kind of consumer but me if i'm looking at ordering pizza i'm not gonna get a dessert knowing that pizza places are bad at dessert i'm gonna do dessert somewhere else anyway and then they're having to stock all of that stuff and train on how to do it and have different like pans and such for it and all of that is outlay of capital
0: you know, the other thing I have seen, and I don't know how successful this is because I I don't remember the last time it was that I've actually tried one, was the uh, – we have breadsticks, but then we also have basically sweet breadsticks that instead of the Parmesan cheese um, and whatever else we sprinkle on it, we're going to uh, cinnamon sugar on it yeah, and it's going to come yeah. with icing to dip in or whatever – uh, places places will do that. And that doesn't... I mean, that's
1: the same thing, just you're sprinkling something different on top. Um, yeah, I want to say Domino's has something like that. I try to order Domino's like once a decade because my daughter likes it. I think I recall them having something like that.
0: Yeah. And, and I think I think there's varying degrees of success with that kind of thing. I think Pizza Hut used to do something like that. I don't know if they still do. They were a Maybe that's what they were called. Maybe they still do it. And the other difference was for them... I guess in case you um, were eating in the dark, is that they would do another cut so they'd be half as long. Um, Or maybe that was so that they could get the uh, um, calories per serving down far enough. (laughs) So the breadsticks, same pan, you do the breadsticks. I don't know what they'd throw on there, but it was really goopy... Um, cinnamon and sugar like liquidy cinnamon and sugar stuff so maybe it was just cinnamon and corn syrup yeah I was gonna say syrup yeah (laughs) Um, on the top they'd cut them in half and that would come with a a little instead of a little cup of marinara a little cup of icing you'd peel the thing back and dip it in the icing huh Um, but uh you'd still need I mean you'd have to you have to be producing the cups of icing to ship out to your franchisees and then also they've got to have the cinnamon and sugar goop so that is a little extra because you're not using that anywhere
1: else right Say, if I were to open up a pizza place right now, we would have no desserts. And then I would wait to see if people complained about it, or if they expressed interest in having desserts, and then I would have to seriously sit down and figure out, like, can I do something with what I have in-house without going wild and have a dessert? Yeah. And what would then also travel well? Because, like, you and I have talked about before, pizza is, like, the ultimate, it's just as good if you get it to go. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's a pizza place called Easy Street uh pizza. They've got three locations in the Chicagoland area, and one of their desserts that they offer is a brownie a la mode, and I've never gotten it. Because we don't eat in their locations very often, and I'm not getting a warm brownie with ice cream on it to go. That yeah. sounds like a terrible idea. It's gonna be yes. brownie soup by the time I get that shit home. And uh I've never tried it. But the other thing is that they have a sit-down portion of their restaurant, so at that point, yes. You want to have like a, a dessert menu, but you've got, it's a different operation than if you're just like a takeout place.
0: Yeah. I don't know if this is true. Spe- uh, um, speaking of dine-in, uh, of all pizza huts, but the one here in town, which had a dining room has reopened the dining room, but they have zero wait staff. So you order your pizza up at the counter and then basically it's, you're ordering it to go, but you're just to going it to the dining room <laughs> and eating it there.
1: You're ordering it to go 10 feet.
0: Yes. Um, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if any other pizza chains are, uh, are just canning the staff entirely. And yeah, just eat it here. You can eat it here. There's, there's room. It's a not take, knocking down that half of the building.
1: But. It's a take in model. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to get this to go. Just not very far. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to get this to go over there. <laughs> well, and we talked about that and we have talked about that over and over again. And I want to, um. I want to bring in some other voices on this. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the Chicago area, well, actually, this primarily affects Chicago right now. But nationally or internationally, if you want to be part of this conversation, the best way to get a hold of us is intheweedswbr at gmail.com. My Instagram is ChefBenRandall. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. If you just search for In The Weeds of Ben Randall on that particular platform. And Steve runs a website for us.
0: In com.
1: So we've brought this up before that the tipped wage credit will be going away in Chicago in a phased sense over the next five years. And one of the things that we've mentioned is that places are probably going to also get rid of their wait staff and go to a counter service model. Honestly, for a place like Pizza Hut, that feels okay to me. That feels yeah. right. You would need bussers. You would need somebody to go out there and clean the tables. That would be kind of it. Cashiers and bussers. Yeah. Uh, how much care do you need to take with people? who are eating pizza. Like how much do you really need weight staff for that? I would argue you don't. I I agree with that that business move completely.
0: Yeah. Maybe what did they do before? They obviously bring the pizza. And this is also I'm I presume this means you're eating it out of the box as well. You're not getting plates. It's not coming out on that thing um with the little spatula. Probably. Uh because I there's no one to bring it to you on yeah. that, so they're just gonna give you the box and you're gonna take. I, I again, that's an assumption, but uh, so there's not gonna be dishes, um, right? But they would bring it to you, so they would they would, and then they would bring your pitcher of Pepsi or whatever, yeah, um, and and keep your drinks refilled, and that was pretty much it, unless they're doing the b- lunch buffet. But and I, even yeah, then, that's not the waiters or wait staff,
1: right? Now I bet you they've got fill your own soda machine, and yeah, you're getting paper plates, and you're getting napkins, and you're getting a box of pizza. And if you want to stick around in-house and have a seat, great, here you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, they might even just be doing 20-ounce. Here's, do you want a soda? Okay, here's
1: your bottle. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Even easier. Enjoy the booth. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I think you're right. I think that, and this, I also think it's good. Full-service restaurants should what will become a luxury in this country and they will command a higher price. And I think that's good.
0: Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And, and as far as this pizza hut model goes as well, I mean, I think it great for kids birthday, right? Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, we don't have to have them all here. Right. We're doing pizza. Tell them all to go to pizza hut, and then they can kick them out of pizza hut. and We don't have to really kick them out right. of the house right. or whatever. Uh, and if you don't have waste staff, you don't have anybody to bother. So you won't get your extra $50 fee.
1: Oh, man. Good transition. All right. So, this I would like to hear about from other folks in the industry and outside of the industry, especially parents. This is from Eyewitness News, ABC7. God, I love how dramatic news programs are these days. Restaurant now charging customers a fee for, quote, bad parenting, usually around $50. So, this is from that that uh, article. ABC7, one tiny restaurant in Georgia is now garnering national notoriety for charging a hefty fee to customers for bad parenting. The Tocoa Riverside Restaurant in the Blue Ridge Mountains, oh, I just lost my place, slapped the warning right on its menu. It reads, adult surcharge for uh, adults unable to parent. There's also a share charge, $3, which is awesome, and I totally approve of that, which is not really talked about in this article at all. But, like, let's say you and I go to a restaurant, and we're chewing up two seats at this restaurant, and there's an expectation of making a certain amount of money off of each one of those seats. And we're like, we're just going to share a salad. We're going to pay $3 more for that salad, which I totally appreciate that, too. Yeah. So, short story on this is that if you have kids, and you go to this restaurant, and those kids are a problem for the staff – the restaurant's charging you 50 extra dollars. And one part of me as a as a parent says that's steep. I get it. But that's steep. And it's also so subjective as far as like what bad behavior is considered. That yeah. that feels like a way for the restaurant to just boost sales. However, as a restaurant professional and as somebody who has seen children being bad in restaurants, the restaurant is not your babysitter. And if it is, you should be paying for the restaurant to babysit your child. I think fifty bucks is totally reasonable at that point. What are you at the restaurant for two, two and a half hours? It's it's twenty bucks an hour.
0: Yeah. Um, I so the uh, probably because you sent this to me and I I looked at it, but maybe just because it's the Zeitgeist right now, uh, this story from other sources popped up in my newsfeed a few different places. Excuse me. And one of them did say that it was, uh, if you chi- if your kids are too loud, you'll have to pay an extra $50 because it doesn't really go into details as to what bad behavior is Yeah. here. And, and that's the subjective nature of it that makes me squirm a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I I mean, I'm not, cause I've, I have also been in restaurants where, um, children were behaving terrible. I've been in other places where children are behaving terribly and should have been charged, uh, $50 or more for just right. what was going on. Um, so uh yeah it, i I do wonder like what happened that the restaurant owner is like that's it, fifty bucks from now on <laughs> i also I don't know is like walking into a restaurant being given a menu is that is contractually obligate you to whatever is written on the menu I don't know like uh I'm definitely with you on the share charge it's like no, this is policy
1: for sure so um, but uh, you're right. Something must have happened. Because the other thing about it is there is a group of parents out there in this country who will let their kids run roughshod around a restaurant. And if that kid were to get hurt, they would sue the restaurant. Right. Yeah. So, like, there is a, a a breed of parent out there. And I say that because I've seen it. Who will get angry at restaurant staff because their kid, like, turned a corner sprinting through the restaurant and, like, brained themselves on the edge of a countertop or something right not the restaurant's fault but i have seen i've never had it actually happen at my restaurant where i worked but i have known about instances where parents have sued restaurants for the kid was running around and a server like then ran into the server and the server dumped food on the kid right like and sued the restaurant for like the soup burned my kid well your kid was barreling around the restaurant and was completely out of control If this restaurant is trying to set a precedent where they preemptively keep people with problem children out of their restaurant and they never, ever charge anybody the 50 bucks, that's fine too, right? Like, be known as the restaurant that's like, you know what? Keep your nasty kids out of here, right? And this is clearly setting up an expectation of we will charge you. There's a fine involved if your kids are sprinting around this place and causing a ruckus because – Yes, it's disruptive to the staff, and the staff have to do extra work, and especially if your kids are making a huge mess, the staff have to clean it up, which is not necessarily part of the expectation of adults are coming in here to eat. It's also impacting the experience of the other people in the restaurant, and that's Absolutely. much harder to quantify. Yeah, I, and then,
0: I mean, all these people that they've talked about in their reviews, they're like, we're never coming back. The, they're probably like, good, because yeah. then we'll get other people that do come back because they're going to look at them. Oh, thank God that family's never coming back.
1: Well, at the very bottom, bottom of this article, it says it should be noted that hundreds of other reviews praise the food and beautiful views offered by the location. Possibly quieter views now that they've decided to take a hard stance against nasty kids being in the restaurant. I have been in places and I have worked in places and I've been out with people where kids were well-behaved, paid attention, ate their food, had a good time, whatever. That is so individual to the kids. And as a parent, you have to know your child. You have to know what they're going to be able to stand, what they're going to be able to do in a restaurant, how they're going to be able to handle themselves. Yeah, if you are out with a two-year-old, don't be out with a two-year-old. <laughs> Maybe that's not the part of your life where you get to go out or get a fucking babysitter because you can't go to a restaurant with the expectation that they are also gonna watch your kid. Unless it's a Chuck E. Cheese, right? Right. There
0: are restaurants, I've seen them, with playthings yeah. in the front part of the building. Many of them. Yeah. Some of them end with king. Some some of them end with filet. But, uh, you know, there are places to go with kids that are rambunctious or whatever like that. Um, And I do think it is also telling that they didn't just ban kids. They didn't say no one under whatever age. So they weren't trying to prevent all children from coming. So it's not like they hate children. Right. Um, See, okay, these are the other policies now that I'm really looking at this image. So tell me what any of these tell you... or what you can infer from any of these first of all mr pib <laughs> uh, okay that's not a real one two and a half dollars for a drink seems actually like relatively well or you know low price for a drink at a yeah uh sit down restaurant anymore um gratuity of 18 may be added to parties over six separate checks
1: and birthday menu so I'm presuming birthday menu, because it's capitalized, has some sort of a thing where consistently people bring in a cake that needs to be cut and served.
0: Oh, that was one of the other things it says, right? It says no uh, um, no store food permitted in dining area. Yeah. So, so I'm, I don't,
1: I'm also guessing they have a separate room for stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Be respectful to staff, property, and self. No respect, no service. Love the policy. Mm-hmm. Um, cash discount. So they it says that they have their regular price includes a 3.5 percent non cash adjustment. They offer savings when you pay with cash. So if you pay with cash, you're going to get a 3.5 percent discount.
1: And I love that because I have started paying with cash, like farmers markets, mom and pop owned places, because credit card fees. I bet in the next, oh, let's say six months, we start seeing serious movement congressionally or in the Senate. To do a credit card fee cap, because credit card companies are the new gougers, just like eggs were, just like milk was, just like meat was for a minute. Where credit card fees have just been creeping up, and so, I mean, 3.5% is not bad for a credit card fee. And so if you're paying cash, this restaurant is saying, look, we're building in the credit card fee because we're being charged it, and so that shit's dumb. We're going to make you pay it. If you pay, if you decide you want to pay with a credit card, you're going to be paying the credit card fee, and they said we're just putting that on the menu. It's built into the prices. But if you want to pay cash, we'll cut you in on the the difference there, which is great. That's tremendous. Yeah. It's better. This is a we've talked about this before too. This is way better than having a thing on the menu that says if you're paying with a credit card, we're increasing this by three and a half percent.
2: Yes, this is I agree. a
1: better sell on that. Which is yo, you want to pay us cash? You want to keep Uncle Sam out of this deal? We're going to cut you a deal. Yeah. And I guess not Uncle Sam, Amex, fucking Visa, yeah. whoever. Yeah. Um.
0: And, and you know, the junk fee stuff just recently passed for uh, doing away with a lot of junk fees, although I I don't think it applies to utilities yet, which is a shame because right. my utility bills are – I used $4 worth of gas um, last bill, and I still paid uh, over $20, like 21 something for uh, my $4 worth of gas. Um. And I get that there's other things involved in that, but still – it seems like gouging. Um, so, uh, yeah, I and I agree that the discount is much better than, what? An added fee. Yeah. Um, so here is the other thing that I think is interesting and I think is telling a little bit um, in terms of the nature of Because it's easy to be like, oh, this guy must hate. He must be, or, or gal or whoever it is that owns the place. The owner must be this terrible person, this troll or whatever. I will say they didn't black this out. And I can tell you the password to their Wi-Fi is silly beans. Yes. So anyone choosing silly beans for a password can't be
1: all bad. Correct. Yeah. It uh, It also... There's no purer pleasure that is just like completely guilt-free and you get to just bask in it for a moment than when you're out at a restaurant and someone else's kid is running around being crazy and that kid gets hurt. That pleasure that you feel is completely guilt-free that kid is getting what's coming to him you had nothing to do with it and (laughs) you know that kid has not really learned a lesson you know the parent has not really learned a lesson so you don't even have to feel good for them which would take it away from you a little bit it's just pure schadenfreude it is tremendous so they're missing out on that i guess but uh it's got to feel pretty good to charge people that that fee. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then hope to,
1: like, don't let the front door hit you on the way out. Gratuity of 18% may be added to parties over six separate checks. Um, I approve of both of those things. And especially the separate check thing because you do separate checks, everybody thinks somebody else is getting the tip. Yep. But not anymore. Yeah.
0: And it's not even 20%. It's 18
1: no no i like all of this uh i have to say that aside from how subjective it is i fully support this i would i would want to know what the owner thinks of as being bad behavior but besides that i support this
0: yeah and uh, the the other one on here that uh um uh, the owner came out and told me he was adding $50 to my bill because of my children's behavior. My kids watched a tablet until the food arrived, ate their food, and my wife took them outside while I waited and paid the bill. Uh, omitted comment about owner <laughs> disappointed by the experience. It's like I'm sure that that might be I mean that's definitely a sanitized version of what yeah, actually happened. Yeah. Um this person is, is is I'm, you know, 90% sure that that's not how that went down, but
1: Right. Oh, self-reporting they, they, is always wildly inaccurate.
0: Yeah, I love the occasionally I'll see a thing that's like uh, when uh, owners on Google uh, or, or whatever, Yelp, talk back, and that's, you know, someone will be like, this is what happened, yada, yada. And they're like, uh, first of all, no, I know who you are. This is actually what happened, and you need to, uh, you know, we hope to never see you again or whatever. Right, right. <clears throat> We've talked about some of those. That we did at some point, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it, the. The word getting out to not bring your children, because that was another one. If you have children, avoid this place at all costs. I'm sure that the owner's not sweating. Correct. Um, You know, because that's also a signal then to people like, oh, but are there going to be kids? No. Or if there are, they're going to be well-behaved because they've set a standard.
1: All right. I'm looking at their Yelp reviews right now just because I was curious. Uh... Except Yelp, yeah, especially is, since the article came out. Yelp is very difficult to use, which doesn't bother me too much because I generally don't use it. but <laughs> How the hell do I get to the actual reviews? Where are they?
0: Oh you know they may they may be uh, if this article come out and people are uh, spamming them somehow or writing fake reviews, they might have turned them off or something.
1: No, you know what it is? They keep wanting to... Here we go. They keep wanting me to download the app instead of actually being able to read the reviews. That's some bullshit right there. This is why I don't use Yelp. Fuck Yelp. Once again. I'm not reading the reviews. Um, <laughs> I I agree. Like This is that thing that you do and you charge a couple of times and then word gets out and then people who like know that they've got disruptive kids avoid it and then they get to pretend like something's being withheld from them so everybody wins the restaurant doesn't have disruptive kids and then those bad parents get to be like well I don't even get to go there because they would probably hate my kids be like yeah they would probably hate your kids so this feels like an everybody wins kind of situation
0: yeah Okay, so I, I just looked on the desktop version. I agree that everybody wins. Um, and it does have an unusual activity alert. This business recently received increased public attention, which often means people come to this page to post their views on the news. While we don't take a stand one way or the other when it comes to this incident, we've temporarily disabled the posting of content to this page as we work to investigate whether the content you see here reflects actual customer experiences rather than recent events. Please note we will apply the same policy regardless of the business and regardless of the topic. Um if you're here to leave a review based on first-hand experience with the business, please check back at a later date. Um they <laughs> their 1-stars do outnumber their 5-stars currently. Um but <laughs> Oh yeah, like this person um Jessica L from Denham Springs, LA um leaving a review for this place in where is it? Georgia? Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if this place poisoned the food it serves with human sterilization chemicals. Great! Wow, that is an uh,
1: accusation right there.
0: Yeah, uh, Jessica, don't leave reviews. That's not. This
1: isn't a place for your diatribe. Right. Go back to QAnon. Because that's not what Yelp is for. Although, comparing Yelp to QAnon, that's you know that's that's almost an overlapping circle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Venn diagram is very. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's another one. Just uh fabian or fabian i don't know which uh from uh pittsburgh pennsylvania apparently they charge fifty dollars for quote-unquote disruptive kids definitely not family friendly you don't know that you've not been there <laughs> so hey stephen k that's me oh man Burbank, did you California. review this restaurant no they have a picture of curly as their thing someone's stealing my vibe i was gonna Owner say that is it Owner is a disgrace and can't control himself. If you want lessons on how to make a business fail, hang around this place. What you're in Burbank. How do you know anything <laughs> about the restaurant? So, yeah, they are getting hit by um, some stuff. But, uh, well, it'll, it'll settle down and hopefully they'll be able to actually weed out the ones that are fake.
1: Yeah. And in the meantime, people who have disruptive kids are probably getting all self-righteously upset about this place and not going. And, again, everybody is winning. Because the restaurant is not going to get people with those kind of kids in. Great. Yeah. I work with children. That's what I do. Some of those children are upwards of 70 years old. But I work with children. And we have almost 400 kids at the school where I work. And I can, off the top of my head, tell you that I've got about five who are a problem. Because... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. We all want to think of children as being these special, beautiful, little angel things. And they're just not. Some of them are. And some of them are not. (laughs) There is such a thing as bad kids. Where do you think bad adults come from? Right? And so there are kids who go to the school where I work who are awful. It's not a lot of them. I know each and every one of those kids. They are not so much a problem for me because I'm not in charge of the kids. My role is to feed them whatever happens in the dining hall while they're not actually being fed that is the responsibility of school employees not me right but i know who these kids are and that just happens in in any sort of a population like this you have people that are great and you've got people that suck uh as a restaurant owner if you can keep the kids that suck out of your restaurant yes you're going to try to do that i get it yeah for sure. And also, it would be kind of cool to be an adult and take kids into that restaurant and have that restaurant not charge you that fee. You'd be like, ha ha, I won. My kids are yeah. awesome. You would know. You would have proof that your kids are good.
0: <laughs> I'm a good parent, according yeah. to this restaurant. According
1: to some restaurant in Georgia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, you have to know your kids. I've said this for years. If you're going out to eat with your kids, you have to know your kids. You have to know their tolerances. You have to know what they're going to like to eat. And if not, you are being disrespectful to the restaurant, to whoever else you're taking out to dinner, and everybody else in the restaurant. If you go to a sushi place, and all your kids want is chicken nuggets, and they can't get them, and so the kids freak out, and they're running around the place, you are wrong. And yeah, you should be charged 50 bucks. Make yeah. better decisions before you walk in the door.
0: Well, I was just going to ask, yeah, so like, how do you feel about kids' menu? Because if we're talking about sort of a, a shift, if it happens, in, in sit-down restaurant, full-service restaurants then i would say you don't don't you don't need a kid's menu because you don't have to cater to that yeah Uh, and and if you have a kid's menu charge as much as the adults like don't don't charge less for it because if they're going to bring a kid to eat there and they're going to eat that food then charge them like they're an adult eating that food and that that might be enough to keep kids away
1: yeah i mean i've said this for years which is all restaurants don't have to be everything to everybody all the time right so, like, there was a there was a thing that we haven't talked about at all, but uh, has now come to me in a couple of different forms, which is there's some guy, no, I don't even remember what it was, I think it was in London, who just said, if you're a vegetarian, don't come to my restaurant. We don't have anything here for you. This restaurant is entirely meat-based. If you come in as a vegetarian, you are not going to find anything to eat, and I don't have to feel bad about that. I refuse to feel bad about it. If you choose to come to my meat restaurant, And you don't eat meat. You've made a mistake and it's your fault, right? Like, this guy was just like, fuck all y'all. I don't have any problem with you as human beings, but don't come here and tell me how to do my job. I cook meat. That's what I do, right? So, great. Give me more of that. Give me more. You came to a sushi restaurant on purpose. What makes you think that your not-Japanese kid is going to want to eat the food that's here? You saw the menu online before you came. Why do you think I'm going to make them mac and cheese, right? So... On the one side, I say that. I say, look, if you are doing a thing, do your thing. And don't worry about diluting your menu to to try to scrape a few more people off of the street to come into your spot, right? So if you are a high-end burger place and somebody comes in and they're like, but I wanted salmon. Tell them to just get out. Go find a fish restaurant, but (laughs) do not expect that we're going to cater to you because we're not a caterer. We're a restaurant that makes this one thing. This is what we do, right? Having said that, Depending on the kind of restaurant, yeah, maybe you should have a kid's menu. If you are any sort of a family-oriented restaurant, right? If you are a quick service or, like I said, a burger place, any of that kind of stuff, bite the bullet on that. Have a kid's menu. If you're a barbecue place, right? Any kind of a place where you think you're going to get families in, you're not like a specific um, date night kind of a joint. Be Not only accept it, accept that that's your role and that's your niche, lean into it. Make sure that you have options for kids. Make sure that they're interesting. Make sure that they're cool. Uh, but you're right. Also, at the same time, charge appropriately for it.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, have the kids menu if if you want those people, you know, if you want families to come. Yeah. But if you don't want families to come, then you don't need to worry about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then if, if somebody, so that's the other thing that I would say is that you're opening the door in a very dangerous way. If you don't have a kid's menu and somebody shows up and is like, little Mitzi here needs mac and cheese. And you're like, well, we have pasta and we have milk and we have cheese. I guess we'll make you a mac and cheese. Don't do that. Yeah. Just do not do it. Say anything else up to and including. Your kid's going to be real hungry unless they can order something off of this menu, right? Or you offer them a half size of something. Be like, we can make you sliders. We're a fancy burger place. We can make you sliders. Or if you want, you know, like the grilled chicken that's on the uh, salad that goes on the Caesar salad. If you want the grilled chicken by itself with fries, we can do that, right? But the minute you say to one family, oh, yeah, 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 we'll throw it. It's slow tonight. We'll throw you together a mac and cheese. Everybody in the world expects that to happen everybody
0: oh and and if not everybody at least that family is going to come back and expect the same thing again when oh super yeah busy
1: they will come in and they'll say to their server they did it last time yeah and then your server's stuck they don't know because servers as we've talked about before are dispensable so yeah uh, yeah
0: the server's gonna be the one getting stabbed in the kitchen when they request it yes yeah
1: um <laughs> uh, go ahead oh i was just gonna say i have had experiences with awful kids in restaurants being back of the house I don't worry about it too much but I've had experiences with really good kids in restaurants we've got kids that come into some places where all they want to do is have the same food as the adults kids who are way into it give me more of those kids and I will happily make a half size salad for a six year old who's just way into that salad hell yeah I will yeah but, if, I, I mean, if, I, like, if, if adults come into a place, a fancy place, and they're like, my little beautiful darling here who's currently tearing down your wine display just wants a grilled cheese. I know you have bread and cheese back there. Like, get the fuck out. Yeah. I hate you. Call the police. And take your
0: demon with you. Yeah. Um, I, I do think there is... Um, uh, something to introducing your kids to different foods and, and that sort of thing. So uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would hope that there'd be room for that kind of thing in some places, but not every place needs to be that place yep. either.
1: And so. again, you will get known, become known as the place where actually adults can go and have a good time and have conversations and stuff. Cause there are not kids running around, not that yeah. your kid unfriendly, but that for the most part, kids aren't going to find stuff to eat there. Like, we went to, for my anniversary this year, we went to a restaurant called Eden, which is a fancy restaurant. We dressed up for this, and my kids went, and they ordered off the menu, and they were polite, and they had a good time. But my kids are older, too. My son's 14, my daughter's 11. They're older. Would we have done that five years ago? Probably not. There wouldn't have been anything on that menu for my daughter. You know, she ordered a big-ass steak. Actually, the meal she had was probably better than the one I had. (laughs) But, like... You have to know that as a parent, you have to know that, or at the very least be conscious of it, right? Be conscious of the fact that like your kid's probably going to try to tear the place up. Don't take your child out. You don't have to, you don't have to take your kids out to restaurants. Yeah. And you should
0: babysitters are for.
1: Yeah. And you shouldn't think that that's like something that's owed to you either as a parent. Like, well, I, I should be able to take my child anywhere. No, you really shouldn't. Like not every place is set up for kids. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. And and thank goodness because uh, I'm too big to fit in child chairs. Bingo. Yeah. So it's okay.
1: <laughs> and it's like I've been saying for years. Ladies and gentlemen, as a customer, when you walk into a restaurant, if you want something that they don't do, it's your fault. You had every moment of your life before you walked into that restaurant to figure out what that restaurant does. You chose to walk in there. If it is a steakhouse... And you walk in and you're like, damn, I really want some sushi. You are in the wrong place and you did that. It's got nothing to do with the restaurant. They don't owe you a fucking thing. You need to get up and walk away and go to a sushi place if that's what you really want. Do not expect Bonefish to make you a pizza. Just don't do it. It's not what they do
0: yep if you go to a jiffy
1: lube and you want ice cream they're gonna look at you like you're crazy i feel like restaurants should start being more like that if you go to a deli and they're like you know what i really want is a steak and the deli's gonna go get the fuck out you cannot have a steak here we don't have it we're not gonna pretend like we do we're not gonna carve a ham into a steak and pretend to grill it
0: that that needs to be another um, line on that menu that wasn't there is ordering off menu fifty dollars It's like, yeah, sure, we'll make you a terrible grilled cheese sandwich and we're going to charge you $50 for it because it's not on our menu. But yeah, if you want to give us $50, we'll make you, but we're not going to make it well because we don't care because that's not what we do. Yeah. So, yeah, American cheese on top of some white bread that we've microwaved. Here you go.
1: (laughs) Probably the single worst thing anybody can do in a restaurant. And I, I hold this to be true and I always have. Part of it is pride. Part of it is arrogance on my part. But it's also just true. One of the worst things you can do as a customer, if not the worst thing you can possibly do as a customer, is walk into a restaurant that you have chosen to walk into. You haven't been coerced in any way. You haven't been dragged in there by like a mob or something. You got up out of your home, went to that (laughs) restaurant, you walked in, you sat down, you looked at the menu. The single worst thing you could possibly do is in that position, knowing that everybody in that kitchen is a trained professional, the restaurant wrote the menu, with years of experience behind it, is you look at it and you go, I know better than all of you fucks back there. I want to change these menu items. You do that, you're allowed to do that, and then you don't like it and you complain about it, you should probably die. <laughs> Maybe that's a little harsh. But like, every single step along the way, customer, has been your fault and you still want to blame someone else for the fact that you went to the wrong restaurant on purpose you change the menu items because you think you know better than people who do this for a living, and then you are shocked you didn't like it and you want your money back. All of those things are your fault, and you you're you're awful. You're an awful, awful human being, yeah uh,
0: um it's it'd be the same as this recipe's awful. Yes, I substituted water for the heavy cream, but my Alfredo came out runny and yeah. gross. yeah. well, yeah, because you're dumb, yeah, exactly. Um, And if it wasn't your choice to go to that restaurant, if Gary took you to the restaurant, it's not a bad restaurant, it was a bad date.
1: Right. Oh, man. So I didn't do a ton of dating before my wife and I got together a million years ago. Um, But, boy, if I were dating now, that would be the best stealth way to weed people out is to just do that just take them to a restaurant and specifically take my date to a restaurant they've never been to before and just see how they handle all of that stuff how they behave toward the server how they order you know whether or not they're making a bunch of mods that kind of thing because if that's what you're gonna do no second date yeah (laughs) not that i want that person to die no second date
0: i like it that's your stand-up catchphrase yeah exactly (laughs) Not, here's your sign, you might be a redneck. No second date. No second date. If
1: you go to a restaurant (laughs) and you have to bring your own condiments, no second date. Yeah, well, and I just don't understand there's so much trust involved with going to a restaurant you are trusting the people in the back of the house to make your food and have it not hurt you you are trusting the people in the front of the house to get your order right to communicate to the back of the house you're trusting them to bring you the right drink to that everything's going to be clean and all this kind of stuff however at the same time you're going to go well i want the salmon but i want it with the starch from this dish and the sauce from this dish and i want a little bit of the salad from this other thing and it's like who do you think you are and why don't you trust these people to do their jobs yeah so much of the job has already been done when you choose to go into a restaurant you already chosen that restaurant for a reason you want to go to that place for some reason is the reason because you have decided you want to fuck their menu all up that's a weird reason to go to a place yeah i don't i don't understand (laughs) if you're trusting the restaurant already to feed you and not hurt you trust that they know how to do it and they've put together the dishes in a way that makes sense and is going to be good don't mess with them you don't walk into the
0: dealership and say, look, I want the windshield from the F-150, <laughs> but I want the bumpers from the Bronco, and I want the steering wheel and the body from the Mustang. Because, you know what, none of that's going to work well together. And that's how we get the Cybertruck, which is right. ugly as...
1: Yes, ugly as truck.
0: Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, so switching gears a little bit.
1: Yes, I was going to say, I, I'm getting real ranty, so you probably should switch me.
0: Is it ever okay to leave a review for a restaurant you haven't been to? Like, what would make that okay? For instance, if, say, the guy running the restaurant at some point in his life had a rape room upstairs, right? is it okay <laughs> to leave a review not having been at the restaurant?
1: All right. So I've, I'm, I'm conflicted by that. Um, part of me says no, because let's say the chef is a complete sack of garbage. The people who work at the restaurant probably aren't. And the ones that you're going to be hurting by leaving a bad review are the ones who work at the restaurant, not necessarily the uh, maestro of the rape room. On the other hand, places like Yelp will get rid of reviews that are obviously fraudulent anyway, so there's really sort of like double no reason to do it. Yeah. And now that... I don't, Yelp doesn't have the clout that it used to. Uh, TripAdvisor doesn't have the clout that it used to. So much of the decisions that we make, unfortunately, are based on trending kind of, I don't want to say viral, but like social media things, right? That's probably the way to go. So if you want to take swipes at somebody like Mario Batali, which I would love to do, uh, Instagram... TikTok, you know used to be twitter but fuck that noise um uh, threads i guess those are probably the places to do it because if you put up a review of a place that he's associated with like common good bakery in traverse city michigan uh it's not gonna hurt batali and it's not gonna stay up for very long you know yeah uh Sorry, let's do we want to take Battali down? We want to we want to take a shot at him right now?
0: Well, I mean you were you I think you mentioned that yeah. you wanted to uh, discuss him. I I will say uh, so you sent me the article yeah. um, from Tasting Table, Mario Battali, yeah. Hints at a Comeback 6 Years After Legal Troubles. Uh, the <laughs> this photo of Mario Battali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> makes him look like a villain from the 1980 whatever Masters of the Universe. Yes. Um like Skeletor's brother or something. It's not a great photo. Yeah. And maybe he's just old and grizzled now, um, b- as opposed to before. But uh, it, it, uh, not great, not flattering. He looks kind of, he's got kind of like a turtle mouth. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah.
1: uh, he's not looking good these days. So, one thing right off the bat. So Tasting Table, how dare you? I don't know anything about this website, um, uh, but right off the bat. Mario Batali hints at a comeback six years after legal troubles. Okay, so, notes. Mario Batali stages a comeback six years after being convicted of multiple rapes. How about that? How about that, right? Let's not soften this up, tasting table, even though I am aware that you probably have advertisers that would get too angry at you for just telling the truth, right? John Tolley. I'm sure that was not your fault. I'm sure that was an editor thing. Yeah. So uh,
0: who knows if you're writing your own headlines?
1: Yeah. Batali went on to Instagram for the first time since twenty seventeen and the post is an image of a dish of pasta and it reads Mario Batali, virtual events coming soon. So if you wanted to get quote unquote close to Batali, but you can be certain he's not gonna actually rape you, a virtual <laughs> event is probably the way to go, right? yeah so who knows what this crap is all about however the thing that bothers me the most about it is uh i haven't thought about him in a while and that was awesome and now i have to think about yeah. batali again and the part that i have to think about with him is that this dude now lives in my hometown which i am not a huge fan of close enough to right he lives in uh, northport which is not far from traverse city at all <sighs> so He is associated, like I said, with Common Good Bakery, which has got two locations in Traverse City. I've been to one of the locations once. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't unimpressed. It was just a bakery. Whatever. Uh, Quote, As the bakery grows to include wine and dinner service, Batali has offered his money and the considerable clout he still has to help Common Good, quote, er, dash, and the region, become more nationally recognized as a food destination. This article is so soft on Batali. This dude... It's a convicted rapist. Well, Not I, a good
0: dude. I, I don't know if he's convicted. Um, at least co- this is Tasting Table. Uh, Accusations surfaced in 2017 that Batali had sexually assaulted a number of women at both his restaurants and other locations. He settled two of the lawsuits brought against him while another was dismissed following a bench trial. Um, so he's at least settled two of the
1: lawsuits. But that doesn't... Uh, that's not conviction. So, I would recommend, ladies and gentlemen, that everybody watch a documentary that came out in... When was it? I forget when. It was only a year or two ago called Batali, The Fall of a Super, Superstar Chef. It has so many accounts from people who are like, this is exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying it happened. I'm just saying,
0: legally, I don't know if he's been yeah. convicted. Yeah. Um, but, uh... uh yeah um
1: and here we are <laughs> yeah exactly it's there's there's no easy solution to this but i've said this with all of these chefs like what's his face from uh, 42 grams and that guy in texas whose name i forget now who was having like he required his servers to show up to his pool party in a bikini or not show up at all like all of these people yeah. my thing is go away you were supported by enablers in the industry who told you that everything you did was good and so it got into your head that no matter what you did it would be good up to and including rape and extortion and all of these terrible things. Turns out that's not true and has never been true. I don't want my industry to continue to be complicit in this. So, Batali, go away. Right? Like, stop trading on your name. And anybody who supports this guy, go away as well. So, I don't... I don't live and work in Traverse City anymore, right? Like, that's not a thing that I do. Do I think that what Traverse City really needs is to be supported by noted rapist Mario Batali? No, that's not what I think needs to happen. If there yeah. are problems in Traverse City right now, I don't think that having Mario Batali involved is going to help or is the solution.
0: Um, I do I do think that it is possible for people to change uh, for people to see the error of their ways and change. However, I also don't see a problem with being a silent partner. Yeah. Um why do you have to have your name on it and why not change your name? <laughs> if you need a name on it or if you want to create try to create an identity that is not associated with all of your bad behavior, yeah. then, you know, change it up, be anonymous, you know, be uh um less uh this is someone who is addicted to the lim- the limelight. It seems to me this yeah. this is how this reads is like, um, y- yeah, maybe I did all those bad things, but um, I'm Mario Batali, not in a not in a uh, um, not necessarily in a so it shouldn't matter sense, but in a uh, don't you still love me? Yeah, does I I I need your attention. I need your adulation like so many people who are uh, quote unquote influencers.
1: And it's. I have yet to figure out, and I keep teasing this, and we will eventually do an an episode about, like, what does it truly mean to be a chef? What does that whole thing mean? Because it means a lot more than what people think, but it also means different things than what people think, right, at the same time. When people are like, I'm a home chef. No, you're not. That's not a real thing. (laughs) You may be an extremely good cook in your house. That's fine. I know very many people who are extremely good cooks in their homes. Are they a, quote, home chef? No. No you're also not a home surgeon like that's just not a thing people don't do surgery in their homes <laughs> right like that's not what that is you're not a home astronaut it's that's not that's just not a thing that happens your house does not go into space uh so being a chef means a lot more things than people think it does and it also means different things than people think but i have yet to actually sit down and get all of that written down and, and have it all on paper however the way that it's been loosely defined in my industry so far, there is also this level of infallibility involved with it where it's like, well, that's Chef Mario Batali. Whatever he's doing must be right. No, that's also just not true. And so... Figuring out a way to take the guy and separate him from my industry and be like, that's what a criminal is. That's just a criminal. And he needs to go away and quit being such a loud criminal, but... Excusing his criminal behavior because he's a chef. Like, get out of here with that. I don't need you taking what I do and using it as a, a security blanket for yourself. Uh uh-uh. uh. Bothers me. Yeah. Bothers me so bad. Would it be
0: not really poetic justice, would it be uh irony, ironic, if you discovered that Mario Batelli's pen name is
1: whoever wrote your Pokemon book? <laughs> That would be amazing, actually. I I would then read all of them. Because then at that point, it would become a cipher. I could figure them out.
0: (laughs) Oh, so he likes uh, salty babka. That that explains something.
1: (laughs) But like we had discussed this back when we were talking about what's-his-face-in-42-grams, whose complicated, disgusting last name I can't even remember right now. Going away, in that sense, can just mean what you were saying. Take your name off of it. If you have to cook for a living, fine. Go be the executive sous chef at a Four Seasons hotel in like Omaha, Nebraska. And just yeah. do it. Just do the work. Shut your mouth. Don't, like, you've lost the celebrity part. You're not famous now. You're infamous. That's different. It's bad. Yes. It is yes. never going to be good again. And anybody who does still support you knowing what you did is also bad. You're surrounding yourself with bad people. And that's, at this point, anybody who's like, nah, Mario Batali's pretty awesome. You're a bad person. You're supporting a bad person. You are the company you keep. You're bad. You're a bad person. You've decided that you're a bad person. Fine. That's fine. Mario Batali, if he needs the money, partially invest in a bakery, help them with like their equipment and their uh marketing or whatever, but keep your name off of it. You're toxic. You're gross. Get out of here. Yeah. And and
0: and even even like I said, even if you you feel like you have done everything you need to um, to uh, right the wrong, yeah, um, then there's no need to try to cash in on on the name, um, which is all all it is. Like, yeah, help them out, and, yeah, keep your name off it, um, change you know go be a sous chef at a Four Seasons, change your name or go buy a nickname in your middle name or whatever, yeah. so that people can't Google you and find the stuff if you're worried about it. Um, Uh, but flaunting it or, or, um, you
1: know, dining out on your name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. is uh, like you said, you're not, you're not famous. You're, you're infamous and you're, you're hoping people forgot. Yeah. The terrible things (laughs) that you did. But I mean, I believe, although we don't watch food network anymore. I mean, they, they scraped him from, uh, Iron Chef. So I don't know if any of his episodes are airing again or not, but, um. For a, a long time, there at any rate, and maybe still, uh, you couldn't find a Mario Batali episode of Iron Chef, which I thought was fine. That's great. There, yeah, there are a bajillion episodes of Iron Chef. That's you can do away with the Bobby Flay episodes, too. I'm yeah. fine
1: with that. <laughs> well, that's the learning from mistakes kind of stuff because, like, WB Max, I guess, now because HBO owns Warner Brothers. Yeah there you can still get a hold of some of these old old WB cartoons that were that are like right now they're pretty racist and they just have a little disclaimer on them that are like you know what these are of their time you're gonna see Bugs Bunny saying some shit that's not cool right sorry watch at your own risk however there are some episodes of those cartoons that they do not air anymore because they're just like you know what these were probably wrong when we did them but nobody was watching. And now they're extremely wrong. And we're just not going to have them. And there are people who are pissed off about it. And I would say those are bad people, too. But, like, Mario Batali having the Food Network pull his episodes of Iron Chef, great. I wouldn't put up a disclaimer saying, oh, this this real rapey guy is on this episode, so be careful. Although that would be kind of funny now that I'm saying it out loud. But just pulling them, totally appropriate. To just be like, you know what? We're not giving this guy any any oxygen we're not blowing him up at all. He just we're we're just cutting it right off.
0: Could you could you just redo all of the uh the commentary as well? Be like when when Mr. B- when Chef Patali is not at his restaurant, he enjoys sexually
1: assaulting women upstairs. <laughs> right, exactly. Or like what was that uh zombie heist movie where they didn't like somebody so they completely CG replaced him with Tig Notaro? Let's do the same thing with that. Take Tig Notaro <laughs> stand-up comedian and plug her right into Batali's, you know, just CG him right out of there, put her right in. I would watch all of that. Yeah, there's things you can do. Yeah. That would be so expensive and I would I would sincerely watch all of it. Tignatara was the only good thing about Star Trek Discovery. Only good thing. Is it is it done? I don't know. I stopped watching oh. cuz I hated that show so bad. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. It was not Star Trek. I didn't discover anything except for Tignatara.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah. Anything else? Any any other oxygen we want to spend on? Uh,
1: nah. It's-a me, Mario Batali. <laughs> Here to rape you. Um, no, and in fact, because of this event that we're going to tonight, I should probably cut this off a little short today and go make dinner for my family because... We're, we're leaving the children alone, right? So my son's old enough to watch our daughter. They're just going to play video games the whole time we're gone anyway, but I should feed them before we leave. We leave in about 45 <laughs> minutes here. Nice. We have things to talk about next time, including this book signing I'm going to, but there's been an uptick in uh, – and thank you to um, Carol, our West Coast correspondent, for sending me some information about um, union activity out in California – out in Vegas – Was it Vegas or was it L.A.? I'll have to look. And then there was also a news article that I got from. Oh, I'm going to forget your name right now. I'm so sorry. I'm going to look it up. About uh, the Hormel plant. Taylor. Yeah. Hormel workers in Austin reach a tentative agreement. So there's been some really good union work in uh, the industry recently, which we can talk about in the next episode as well. Which, again, I keep saying that there's no such thing as a restaurant union as far as, like, independent restaurants go, but, man, the organization that I've been seeing as far as, like, hotels, um, the stuff that already exists in meatpacking plants and that sort of thing, um, casinos, what was the other one? I guess uh, grocery stores. Oh, Starbucks. Starbucks, man, the unionization that's going on at Starbucks is actually kind of inspiring, to be honest, like those kids are really sticking it to them. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there will be like a actual hospitality industry union that is universal in this country within my lifetime. That would be that that's wild to even think about, but it might be a thing. Yeah. Wait and see. Stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. So ladies and gentlemen, if you've got anything to add to that, if you're a huge fan of Mario Batali, feel free to not reach out. Uh, in the weeds Wbr at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me my sh- my Instagram is chef Ben Randall and you can see all the stuff that I made including pies and breads and whatever uh, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group and Steve runs a website for us
0: in the weedswbr.com
1: and uh, Ben I'm not forgetting about you we also have somebody who wrote us a really good pitch for an episode Steve that you and I should both be on with him uh, to do a deep dive into salmon fishing and smoking salmon and uh all of that kind of stuff which would be great because it's a bunch of stuff that i don't know a ton about but we'll, we'll need to to schedule that one so if you want to be on the show ladies and gentlemen there are opportunities for that and again we're always looking for other voices one of the greatest things about this industry is there's so much to do it's such a broad work experience i i would love to have more people on to talk about what it's been like for them awesome yeah all right So, until then, for In the Weeds with Ben Randall, I am Ben Randall. And I'm Stephen Catwell. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.